Which would be the Odyssey app. The Odyssey app. That's My how favorite that works. app. Your favorite app in the whole wide world, huh? Definitely up there. It changes. You know, sometimes it's BetQL, sometimes it's Odyssey, but it's always one of the two. <laughs> we rotate both. And BetMGM, of course, also a great app. That's where I place this bet on the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Ten-point dogs tonight, tied up after the first quarter. Total, a little high for my liking, but okay. But let me tell you something that really uh, grinds my gears. Tell me something that grinds your gears. All right, so Mikel Bridges only has four points on one of four shooting. Playing it over in the playoffs, not a good idea. But uh, Tyrese Maxey has nine points in the first quarter. So under 18 and a half, not looking so great. Harden, your guy, has two points, one of three shooting. Uh, My MVP, Joel Embiid, six points. Nine boards already in this game. Nine boards. Yeah. He's going to go out and get you 20, 20 boards, but only 18 points. Watch. It's going to be one of those games. Man, Maxie's four of six from the floor, one of two from three, a plus three on the floor if you're into that sort of thing. Any chance he slows down? Maybe. Uh, Possibly. Well, you know what? Maybe somebody gets hurt, you know, like Giannis did, and everybody else did in the last couple of games. Ooh. I mean, these NBA playoffs started off with star after star getting hurt, or even just good player. Tyler Hero's maybe not a star, but he's a good player. But there's, there was no injury that was more glaring and more daunting and scary for a team than Giannis going down with that back injury. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer joins us now, hosts the Green and Growing podcast for the Bucks, also the Curd and Long Packers podcast. You, I do you, that you, one. You're familiar with that one, I think, yeah. Ryan. You are. Uh, so... Sparky, man, is is Giannis going to be okay? Because I, I got some futures out on the Bucks, and I would really like him to make it through uh, the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, I think he'll be all right. Uh, okay. they're, they're talking about him possibly playing on Wednesday already. I don't think I'd play him on Wednesday. I mean, you can beat the Heat without Giannis. You don't need Giannis to beat Miami. So uh, no need to rush him back. If they want to play him, I think you can wait till Saturday, play him in Miami, you know, win game two in Milwaukee at Fiserv, uh, and move forward. I, I don't think it's too – Problem some. I mean, he's got some ligament damage and is one wrist as well that he's been dealing with uh, for, I don't know, the last couple months or whatever the case may be. But he'll be fine. Nobody nobody plays with pain like Giannis does, I don't think, in the league right now. So I, I don't want to be too worried about him. So you think they could still get past Miami. Does that mean you're feeling pretty confident in the health of uh, Chris Middleton? I know they've lifted the minutes restriction. He looked pretty good yesterday. Uh, but you'd have to feel pretty good about him, I think, if you think that they could win this series without Giannis. Especially the way that Jimmy Put- Jimmy Butler plays in the playoffs. He becomes a different guy. Yeah, that's fine. But Miami's not shooting 60% from three consistently the rest of this series. I mean, they were 27th in three-point percentage ranking, I think, in the NBA this year. They've only shot over 50% from three, like uh, two or three times, something like that. And they're just not very good from three. So that's why I think that that first game's just an outlier at this point. And like you pointed out before I came on, not having Tyler Hero, who, you know, is a little streaky, but when he gets going, can really help carry a team on a given night. Now you have one less of those guys that can do that for the Miami Heat. Now there's even more pressure on Jimmy Butler. The other thing that makes you feel good as a Bucks fan is they lost game one. Uh, that is a Mike Budenholzer tradition like none other. Right. As head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. They lose game one, so they win series. Uh, so, again, I mean, it just as a Bucks fan, not no real reason to be concerned per se at this point. Uh, win this series, go beat Cleveland or New York, and then get ready for the test, which will be the, the conference final. Yeah, that's the one thing that's crazy about this team. I mean, they've won five of their past six series after losing the opening game, and it's like this this team is just not one of the, I just don't overreact after one game. As long as Giannis yeah. is healthy, I still think by far, Sparky, that this is the best team in the Eastern Conference. And really, you'd say the NBA, because I don't know if there's anybody in the West that I trust over them. But let's say that Giannis does at least – let's say he's not 100% for the next – 
for the next couple of weeks. Again, this is, this is a complete uh, – we're just throwing something out against the wall. Why not? I mean, it's not just Middleton. It, it How much does Drew, Drew Holiday then really have to step up for this team? Because to me, there's always conversation about Giannis, obviously, and then plenty about Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday has elevated his game again this season to being even more of an offensive threat compared to just being one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Let me tell you my issue with Drew Holiday. All right. Oh, I like this. Off to a my, good start. My, it, yeah, my issue with Drew Holiday is is the same issue I had with Eric Bledsoe. Drew Holiday is a way better player than Eric Bledsoe, but they're both similar in the fact of once you get to the playoffs, both of them uh, tend to kind of back away uh, and let Middleton and Giannis go be those guys in those playoff series. And the aggression that you see on the offensive side of the floor dissipates so those other two guys can get their shots. Now, if Giannis doesn't play in game two on Wednesday night at five Star Forum, watch Drew Holiday go out and have a pretty pretty good offensive performance. Uh, this is what we've seen all year. He had 50 in one game. Well, that's because I forgot who was missing. Giannis or Milton, one of them wasn't playing. Uh, and he got a bunch of shots up and was really aggressive on the offensive side of the floor. But when all three of them are on the floor, then he doesn't tend to be as aggressive as he should be. And he kind of falls into the background. That's always been my beef uh, with whoever that third guy has been with Giannis and Middleton once you get to the postseason. Uh, but the the big key for the Bucks is just going to be they're just so much deeper than they've ever been. This is a much deeper roster than it was when they won and won a champion, went and won a championship. And they were talking about that on the broadcast against the Heat that they can just continue to bring these veteran playoff tested guys off the bench one after another uh, that aren't going to be scared by the moment, aren't going to be scared of taking a shot. Uh, and kind of live for this type of stuff. So uh, it's going to be very difficult, I think, to knock this Bucks team out. If Giannis isn't going to be 100%, who do you think matches up better with Milwaukee? Like, who would you rather see, Cleveland or New York? Or, I guess, who wouldn't you want to face? I think Cleveland, of what's left, really has uh, enough bigs to really run at Giannis consistently uh, to make life difficult for him and use their six fouls, one guy after another after another. The problem with Cleveland is their bench is horrible, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have enough offensive firepower really to, to stay with Milwaukee, I don't think. Uh, New York, Thibodeau teams normally get tired, um, uh, and then that's the end of them uh, at some point. So I guess I don't really worry as much about the Knicks going forward uh, in that series. Boston, you know, would obviously be a problem, regardless if Giannis is healthy or not healthy uh, going forward because of everything they have, and they've had success against this Bucks team before. Uh, now, again, last year they beat them without Chris Middleton. And if you're a Bucks fan, you've been saying since last year, if they had Middleton, there's no way they would have beat the Bucks. Uh, but you didn't have Middleton, so we'll never know how that would have played out had they had Chris Middleton. So if this team is healthy, uh, even if Giannis is, I don't know, say Giannis is 80% for that Celtics series, I still think they're, they have enough uh, to win that series. But if they lose Chris Middleton again, and if Middleton can't play in a series, then they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, we, we dealt with injuries, and then it was all the higher seeds winning on Saturday, and then Sunday it was all the lower seeds. I, what was the biggest surprise to you so far this week? Well, really just from the weekend. I'll be honest with you, right? So I'm a Bucks fan, sure, and Ryan Horvath knows this as much as anybody, that, and anybody that listens to Green Growing Podcast. My 16-year-old uh, a few years ago became a Kings fan, <laughs> uh, and the only reason he became a Kings fan was a couple weeks, I think he was like 12 or 13, a couple weeks before Christmas, he was like, I want an NBA jersey. I don't have one. So he gave me this list with like two weeks to go, and I'm on the Fanatics website going through all these jerseys that he gave me and couldn't find his size anywhere, and the only one I could find was De'Aaron Fox. So I 
got the De'Aaron Fox Sacramento Kings jersey. He opened it up. He goes, I'm now a Kings fan for life. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, yep, this is my first jersey. This is who I'm rooting for going forward. I'm like, you have Giannis right here. Nope, uh, no, no, I'm going to root for the Kings going forward. I'm like, they're horrible. I don't care. I'm going to be a Kings fan now. Okay. Now, mind you, he's also a Falcons fan because his first jersey was a Harry Douglas Atlanta Falcons jersey <laughs> when he was in, like, second or third grade and lived through the Patriots fiasco and the Super Bowl and all of that. Uh, so he's a Kings fan. So I've watched, like, I don't know, 90% of Kings basketball this year. Uh, so watching them beat Golden State, that was a pretty cool experience because nobody's picking Sacramento, obviously, to win that series. Now, tonight, obviously – uh, is game two. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what this looks like in game two because Golden State's horrible on the road, obviously. Yeah. But it's still a Sacramento team that's not playoff tested by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and to see how this whole thing plays out should be fun. Really quickly, going back to the East, do you trust Philadelphia or do you like Boston? Uh, you know, if, if, it, if it isn't oh, Milwaukee stop. coming out of the East, don't tell me stop. that you don't. That Nobody you... trusts Doc Rivers. Not even Doc Rivers' family trusts Doc Rivers in the playoffs. Stop. I hope they. Uh, well, I hope they get knocked off tonight. To be honest, or at least I hope they don't win by ten points. So it's Boston for you, huh? Yeah, it's Boston. Nobody what about? Tries. Hey, really quick. What about the West? We were just talking about this actually. Like no respect given to the Nuggets, and I just I don't know who you can make the case for because now Jaws probably going to miss some time. I don't know if I could do it with the Lakers just because that bench. I just I don't think they're going to perform like that every single game. And uh, I don't know, man. Like if Paul George was playing, I would really like the Clippers. But who would you like if you had to pick one team to come out of the West? I before the season started, I picked the Bucks and the Warriors, and I didn't come off my Warriors pick all year, even when they were struggling. Um, so I would still lean Warriors, even though I'm hoping the Kings upset them and, and figure that wouldn't even be an upset technically, but I guess it would be according to a lot of people. Uh, but I, I guess I would still lean Bucks Warriors at the end. But I don't know, man. I mean, watching that Laker team right now. You know, you got that Austin Reeves character that came, you know, that's that's playing out of his mind. Can yeah, you do that happened. for an entire run? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that can happen for an entire run. But they're they're pretty deep, you know. But can AD and LeBron stay healthy for this whole run? They lose one of them, it's over. They're all done. So they have to stay healthy and, and see what happens. But I, I would guess I would still lean Golden State at this point. But, again, them not having a, a rim protector, that's what allows Sacramento to stay in this thing because Sacramento can't play against bigs. But Golden State doesn't have a big. Uh, and you just wonder if that will come back and bite them if they were to get in this uh, series with, say, the Lakers that has some size. You know, I think Sacramento wins in seven. Oh, my God. I'd be elated. That would be amazing. I do. Like, I think they win tonight. I don't understand if you're a better, like, what's changed? Game one, they're one-and-a-half-point favorites. Now tonight, you look at it, and they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I have no idea what could possibly have changed. Everybody's playing. So I just feel like everybody expected them to be, like, a good story game one because it was the first time hosting a playoff game in forever. Now they're going to fade away. I don't know, man. Like, we thought that the second half of the season. I know they don't play a whole lot of defense, but it, it, when you score 140 points per game, it's tough to beat teams like that. Well, the other thing, too, about that game is they couldn't hit a three to save their life in the first half of that first game. Number two, Herter is going to have a game eventually. He's as streaky as they come, too, but eventually he should have a game for the Kings that will help him. Uh, and Sabotis couldn't play much worse offensively than he played in that last game either, so you would assume – uh, he'll he'll figure it out and get going as well. It's not like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson were god awful in that first game for Golden State. They both played decent. Clay maybe that wasn't as good as Clay wanted to be from three, but they weren't no shows necessarily. The most overrated player in the NBA, Draymond Green, did what Draymond Green does, which is nothing. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Talking to Steve Pfeiffer, who's also the host of the Current and Long podcast. Uh, are, are the Packers going to trade Aaron Rodgers? Uh, what? Hope not. Is, is, what, what is going This is just dragged on for so long. A uh, complete failure by the Packers <laughs> front office. I mean, just 
a thousand percent complete failure by the Packers front office. I mean, from, from the word jump, this never should have been what does Aaron want. This should have been we're moving on from Aaron. Aaron understands we're moving on. We're going to trade you, Aaron. Then we're going to open up to whoever wants to make an offer, and we're going to work out compensation with two or three teams, and then we're going to give Aaron the list of the teams that we've got a trade deal worked out with, figure out what team you want to go to, let us know, and we'll trade you to one of these three teams. That's how this should have went. Instead, you allowed them, the Rodgers representation, to pick the team. Then, being even more moronic, you decided to let Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, and the entire organization fly to California to go talk to him without having compensation ever agreed upon and figured, ah, we'll just figure this out later. Then it backfires. He goes on and talks about being 90% retired. At that point, as soon as that happened, it should have been followed up with, listen, You've got two weeks to figure this out. You got till April 13th or 14th, whatever, pick a day. We need to know if you're making this deal or not leading up to the draft. If you're not comfortable with it, that's fine. I'm not saying I won't make a deal with you, but I'm going to open this up to the rest of the league to see if we can make a deal with somebody else. Between now and the draft, we have two weeks to figure this out. Once it gets past the draft, we talk about leverage. Okay, so the Packers don't have to do anything until September. The Jets could wait until September and go, okay, you're going to pay the bonus or are you going to give them to us for a seventh? Because at that point, the Packers are going to be ultimately screwed over if they wait too long on this deal. And then if Aaron pulls up Brett and decides he's going to walk into the mandatory OTA, he thankfully wasn't there today for the voluntary OTA, but if he walks into the mandatory OTA or if he walks into training camp to make things uncomfortable for him because he's mad that he's still in Green Bay and not traded yet, then it becomes even a bigger nightmare and you lose even more leverage and get even less in return. They, they have really totally screwed this whole thing up. It's been a problem really for years, not even just with this. I mean, all of their decision-making and the things they've had to deal with with Aaron Rodgers has been a complete disaster. But I'll tell you this, it certainly gives us more than enough uh, drama in the offseason, but it has been quiet, which makes me think something's bound to happen soon enough. Steve Pfeiffer, Green and Growing Podcast, Curd and Long Podcast as well. Great talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on. You bet you. Have a good night. I I, it, I just can't believe it's actually not even been a conversation now. What's He's got to get traded by the draft, right? You know, they're saying, like, they don't even care. They'll do it after the draft. That's fine. Uh, okay, just... Which I wanted it to happen before the draft. I wanted this year's first-round pick, but they're probably not going to give up a first-round pick. I would love so. a team to swoop in and steal them. Oh, and I would, not be the Jets. It'd be so funny. Although it would really suck because I have a lot of money invested. Not a whole lot of money, but some money invested into the Jets, plus 2,200. They're down to 14-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, so I'd be screwed. It'd be Zach Wilson, right? Or they'd have to draft somebody. They'd maybe trade up in the draft. It's but gonna even be then, it's not going to be. Him and Lazard are working out together. It's it's happening. It's just, well, Packers are waiting for that offer. Yes, so. I agree, though. What a, what a failure. They're a bunch of failures. This is why you need an owner. Injuries were a major issue to open the NBA playoffs. Potential absences to stars and finding where others could fill in big roles. It could be profitable. We're going to find them next. It's Ben MGM Tonight.